Hello, hello, and welcome to the Intersect Podcast. It's me, Noah Coot, along with my slightly less traveled co-host, Michael Bernash. And this is this is not like um, he is well traveled. The problem is I am always traveled. I'm over traveled. Please help. <laughs> He's just hear the deadness from his voice. Oh boy, I am. It, uh, it's a it's a life. <laughs> I guess that's all I have to say right now. It's a unique experience. I'll give you that. Not that many people get to travel every week for work. Uh, not many people get to not be at home, ever. Yeah. At least I don't know the way I put it. Like, I I I live in a hotel. I've spent more time these last months months at this specific site I'm working at in Maryland than I have at my own home. You well, that's a job you wanted. <laughs> I know. I'm actually pretty happy about it, but at the same time, I'm like, holy shit. No, it sounds exhausting. This is... It, it's it's taken a lot out of me. It's... I'm not, like, mad about it. It's just that I'm like... I, I sit there and realize it's like... I could really go for a much more cushy job. And that is certainly an option for me. But at the same time, I think I just... You know, my, my little ADHD brain... Um, I'm not, I don't know. Would you say I'm pretty ADHD? People always like to overuse that term. Um, don't you actually have a diagnosis for ADHD, though? Yes, okay, fact. So, <laughs> uh, about that. For, for me, oh, is this that lifestyle of like, what? Uh, no, I don't really care. I mean, yeah, no, that's, it's fine. Don't worry about it. I'm not going to sue you. <laughs> oh, man. No, so basically, at least what I'm going to say is that from my perspective, this ability to always have something going on around me is honestly also such, so cool in some way. But it's like, I don't catch a rest, but at the same time, I always feel like there is so much more for my brain to focus on that I, I don't like get bored i'm always active um what well, is the difference between active no, the only and time being i get bored. bored is when a flight gets canceled oh no are you but like or do you Wait, feel what's engaged? The difference between active no because you can be you can have busy work or do you feel genuinely engaged by your job like i feel very engaged by my job and also just my lifestyle and uh everything i do yeah because like having something a job that's both like interesting does stuff and intellectually stimulating that's difficult because doing all of that is, is yeah um okay i will say that this these last weeks have been slightly less intellectually stimulating compared to others because i spent most of my time doing labor like building systems um well, that's puzzle pieces I had to... yeah but the thing is you know it's one of those things where if you start getting good at it, I learn a lot on how the tools work. I learn a lot on how to do all this handiwork. Um, my hands are absolutely destroyed, though, from all this. But at the same time, it's, like, very fulfilling to see something build up physically and, like, have it work. And you can finally see an end result that's, like, visual in front of you. It's not as intellectually stimulating, but I got to learn a lot on tools. And also, I would say to some extent, it's, you know, when you're 
creating a process where you have to fix a what was it? We had to fix 48 of these units that are all identical. We had to create process and procedures and strategize how we would go ahead. So, you know, with the first state, we like had no idea what we were doing and slowly we developed a system that was very efficient. And what's intellectually stimulating there is figuring out how to make a system work and, you know, working with others on how to best take care of building 48 of these units. And uh, it's a lot of work. It's an hour. Actually, probably it took over an hour per unit. I don't know. It just, it took a lot of time to get everything going. Mm -hmm. And finally, there's a point where you find a system where I can just zone out and do the work. And, you know, I'm so tired because physically I'm always laboring and moving that it's like, I don't want to even use my brain anymore. I just want to get shit done. And then you just zone out, do it, and then you're done. And it's like, yeah, it's like a workout. But at the same time, I'm just, this is great. Like, that I actually got to see all this work. But I don't know. I just have a lot going on. This is a wild, wild time in my life. <laughs> no, but it's like, I find that interesting. Because the difference from my, I, it, I can't focus on a single task in my job. Because uh, I, since I'm help desk, it's like, I can be working on something, but in a minute's notice, I have to I have to work on something else that's completely unrelated. So for me, it's like I mean I, I get that because I am the one who is, I am the software guy, according to most people. So it's like if there's ever an issue, I'll always have someone come up to me like tap my shoulder and be like, "Hey, we need you." I'm like, okay. And even then now I've reached a point where it's like, I, it's not even something I have to work on. It's just, I want you to be present while we work on this thing as we're implementing a new feature or trying out this new thing because they want to have me there to say thumbs up. Yes, this is working right. And thumbs down, there's an issue here. And they want to have my feedback because I'm like the direct I am the field person, so I'm the one the customer can interact with directly. Mm -hmm. And also I have the knowledge and access to all the resources to be like, oh, yes, I know exactly how this procedure works. So I'm the, I don't know how to put it, but it's like I always have people who sometimes expect me to just show up because I have this. And also as the person on site, I'm always going to have engineers sending me 3,000 things a day to work on. And I'm just like, no. I have priorities on these specific aspects of the project. And that's when I have the power to say, like, no, I'm focusing on this task. And if you need me to do something, you have to wait. Yeah, I mean, it, for me, it's uh, it's about the efficiency of how quickly I can get everything done. And also remember, because sometimes it's something as simple. If, if people write down an email, it's like, even if I forget it in the moment, I look back on it, it's fine. But if someone talks to me about an issue, someone like calls, it's like, those are different tasks and also finding out what's the best efficient division of labor because it makes no sense if I'm doing something to, if I'm doing something like a setup or whatever, it makes no sense for me to run down to go help fix this specific problem. It's just easier for me to reach out be like, Hey, this is fine. Or if there's a time, if there's a time crunch, I don't know exactly. It's easier. It's like, I made the decisions like, okay, I'm going to conference call this just, just because it's like, not that I can't figure it out, but it's just like it's trying to get things done efficiently. That makes sense. And understanding like what I can do quickly, 
what I need help with or like wh- how how yeah. does this affect my task? Like if I'm carrying a bunch of things on, like I was carrying a bunch of things, it's like someone needs help. I'm like, all right, well, you got to wait for me to drop this off first and then I'll help. And, and, and this is something I'm trying to discover, which is now like I'm starting to consider even things like that, which is optimization and figuring things out to almost fall under the realm of logistics. I mean, I work in logistics now. I work in an industry that is entirely just based on how can we make a system more efficient? How can we make a system faster? How can we keep track of thousands of orders and uh, never lose track of where anything is situated? And it's the same way where it's like the way you plan tasks is management planning and logistics because there's a lot of the logistics is what allows you to be able to optimize everything, to be able to say, hey, pass it on to this person, keep track of where this is, and so on. Yeah, I think it's uh, like it, it, in any job, you want to create efficiencies. What is it? I think it was Bill Gates or someone, someone like that, someone, uh, some rich person's like, I'd rather lazy, hire the lazy person. Uh, Okay, not any lazy person will do the job. No, it's, it's a, a motivated lazy hire... person. So someone who's willing, yeah, who's, yeah. who's see, doing the work, etc., and who's trying to find the efficiencies to cut out waste. I fall under this because I absolutely hate, like, the, the how do I say, mundane labor, as I call it. And then what I do is, like, because I hate doing something so much, I've been programming and designing my own tools for the specific job I'm doing now um, to make my life easier. And the company sees this as a lot of progress, which is like I am actually programming and automating some of the testing work I do. That way I can spend more time solving issues at hand rather than having to take my time writing 30 of the same commands every time to just test something. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I just uh, I notice common problems, and I just send out support documents now. Like I, I don't need, unless there's unless there's yeah. a specific type of person, I'm just sending them a doc. If you don't understand the doc, then I'll help. If not, it's <laughs> if not, then like it, it yeah. does my job. Anyways, while I have so much about myself, I want to talk about. I'm also just like too tired about thinking about myself because I just I'm exhausted right now especially due to the the hours I've been working these last weeks have been absolutely insane don't go into consulting if you value free time and sanity <laughs> but at least if you really value money consulting is great um yeah yeah I mean your your job I, I has it, it's beyond just consulting because you consulting is one thing like working on projects etc but like yours requires travel, the being on the f- field type of thing. That's that's a different type uh, entirely. Oh, yeah. Anyways, um, I just feel like there's a lot going on outside of the world of work. And despite my life being basically work, I, I, I kind of hate to say that. It's just like I always want to be like I don't want my life to be defined by work. It's like right now my life is work. Um <laughs> Um, although, like, on the other hand, I will just say I had a really fun weekend in Philly visiting some uh, friends from college. Um, but but there's a lot going on in the world other than uh, work stuff, and I feel like we should probably talk about that. Yes. Well, we're not going to talk about everything in the world. Uh, I mean, we normally don't, but this time Aww. we're going to 
<laughs> this time we're gonna there's a lot of things we're not gonna talk about just for time's sake and the fact that I'd like to go to bed before midnight one one in the morning so yes let's start off with some major news coming out this week um noah my deepest condolences this must be a very hard and trying time for your people um i'm trying to recall what we're talking about oh um yes your your, your queen country of birth your your your, your queen passed yes away. my country of birth for those who are unaware i was actually born in england and so the reality is I don't really have much con- connection to England because as a French person, I must hate the British. Uh, <laughs> but yes, um, a major event happened recently called the death of the Queen. The lady whom many thought to be basically immortal at this point, she has finally passed away. And I expected to actually have a pretty big impact um, at a global scale. Not, not like... A huge impact, but a pretty big impact that you're going to hear about um, with a few stories, especially because of the Commonwealth countries around the world. Um, yeah. But anyways, it's very unfortunate that she died. No more long live the queen. It's not long live the king. Yeah. King Charles. But the not as many people king. are fans of uh, what, what? King Charles. Yeah, the Charles. You know, not many people are fans of him, and there there are many reasons why. Yeah. And it would be almost possible that some countries, such as Australia, are very much considering to just get rid of the monarchy, because technically they're still ruled by the monarchy. Oh yeah. Uh, there we. Are they considering the 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 king? The I guess the now king of England. He's king of like sixteen countries. Like, including Australia, Canada. Yeah. Like, not all Commonwealth countries, but a lot of them. Yeah. But basically, um, many, many countries, there was there was a very large, there was major respect on the international level for the Queen. And many people respected her deeply to a point that even when Australia very much considered getting rid of the monarchy, I think one of the politicians that was like head or president at the time, I don't know what they have, or prime, prime minister at the time, basically said, um, yes, I want to end the monarchy here in Australia, but not while the queen is alive. Aww. In a way, marking that many countries, even if they don't really care for the idea of monarchy anymore, there's a deep-rooted respect for Queen Elizabeth um, around the world and many politicians around the world very much also respected her. Yeah. And she was also, you know, alive. Her first prime minister was Winston Churchill. And if you realize the amount of history she has seen during her reign is absolutely insane. I think it was, uh, something along the lines of like, uh, 15 prime ministers and like 14 U S presidents or some, some number like that. Uh, I don't know. We, uh, yeah. well, we, we'll Anyways, talk more about the... I just feel like it's worth mentioning. We'll, we'll talk more. Uh, we'll, we're going to have a special episode uh, coming up about the Queen. Uh, although it won't involve Noah, sad. But someone who pays attention a lot more to to uh, English royalty. Um, but the impacts are going to be enormous. The funeral is going to be on September 19th. Uh, dignitaries from around the world, including the President of the United States, Joe Biden, uh, Prime Minister of Canada, well, Canada follows the Queen. Um, 
a lot of big world leaders are, are supposed to attend. Vladimir Putin will not attend. Um, but it, it's a big deal. And I think, it, uh, like, in just a lot of talk about it is uh, the Queen's last official act was to, uh, it, last royal act was to um, confirm the appointment of Liz Truss, the new prime minister of the UK, which is also major news that I don't think we've had time to talk about. And that was the 15th prime minister. And with the, what Liz Truss has to handle is a incredibly difficult economic situation in the UK. Uh, for as much as we like to complain about stuff in the US or even like in Germany, the UK's economy is deeply much more uncertain than ours. The future for the UK is a lot more uncertain than the United States. And losing a symbol of stability, like the Queen, who's been a constant for 70 years. Uh, yeah, her Platinum Jubilee was uh, was a couple months ago. Um, it, it's, uh, I think it brings, it, it brings to f form like the human, like a human connection of metaphor of like how unstable or uncertain the future is now. Cause we don't know the future of the monarchy. Yes. King Charles the third is not that popular. There's a lot of things that are uncertain right now, but yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, Anyways, the queen is dead. It's and very much a topic that is worth talking about. Yeah, I don't know. I don't really feel like saying "long live the king." <laughs> I don't know. I've been watching. I watched a couple of episodes of House of Dragons the other day, so that's the vibe that I'm getting. Okay. Okay. Well. Anyways, another big news. I'm sure there's other big news. Let's see. Yeah. <laughs> Um, oh, the war in Ukraine is still going on. Oh, it's been so long. It's almost like normal. It's been seven which months. Is horrible. I know. Okay. Well, that's enough for it to. S well, there's exciting. Well, exciting. There's dramatic news that's happening right now across um, uh, across the Ukrainian front. After weeks of telegraphing a supposed offensive in the su uh, southern part of the country in Donetsk and near Odessa um, the Ukraine the Ukrainian military has actually sidestepped the Russian military and taken over northern cities and taken parts of the Kharkiv region which is in the northeast of the country uh, early places that uh, Russia had occupied and driving Russian troops fleeing from the battlefield towards the south it's gotten so bad that even Russian state propaganda has talked about the fact that this is a massive loss that um, there are questions about military leadership and uh, effectiveness in the military. That's happening in Russia, in Russian media. So shit's hitting the fan for, for Russia and Putin. I thought it's been hitting the fan for a long time. Yes, but like... You just said... Now, now it's not like a monkey throwing poop at the fan. It's like a literal geyser shit hitting the fan. Oh, well. Yeah. I mean, it's just it, it's just interesting, and we're also seeing just the fact that a small force, the um, a relatively small force in Ukraine, are pushing what many thought before um, before recently was the third most powerful military in the world. Yeah, it's it's a lot, and it's very surprising. But you know, they're doing very well for a 
a country like Ukraine that's so like that's not expected to really have a military power to match Russia. Yeah, that's we nobody I think expected this outcome or an outcome this good, but many were hoping for it, and it's nice to see that the hope is becoming more of a reality than what was expected. Well, yeah, uh, I mean, the, there is a. I, there's just like a lot of things that we, we were not expecting. I did not expect the the battle to continue for so on, and the fact that they're still f- not even fighting, but fighting effectively, is uh, I don't. Know, I think it's a, a remarkable achievement from like <laughs> I guess just seeing any time a a small player beats a major empire, it's something unexpected. And this is not to poke fun of Russia. It happens all the time. Being from the U.S., we experience that all the time, firsthand. Uh, but, like, these are things you, you don't expect. And, of course, Russia is uh, being more aggressive towards their threats towards Europe and uh, trying to drive up energy prices in Europe, if threatening uh, U.S. entities uh, and other European allies. So we're we're all seeing this, and I just think that it it brings the Russia situation into a very precarious position spot, especially for Vladimir Putin. Um, many of uh, many have asked to just call this a full on full on invasion, a war, and mobilize all Russian forces. Uh, so we don't know if that escalation will happen. There are issues with the uh, nuclear power plant that they had to shut down completely because. They just couldn't guarantee the safety of it anymore. Like, there are a lot of moving parts to this. Yeah, for sure. Oh, boy. Well, we'll have to see once again in a few weeks what the results are of all this. But what would be interesting would be to see if uh, Ukraine actually does end up having some sway in retaking Ukraine, or no, Crimea or not. I mean, who knows? Uh there, there is going to the offensive is going to keep going until the winter because winter has a <laughs> there's a lot of things that as much as we think that we're so technologically advanced weather affects us in a very major way and we need to listen to the climate and that has some geopolitical effects which we can talk more about in next uh, after the break all right, and we're back from our break. So, you know, the weather has always been kind of wild this summer. At least I feel like it's been pretty wild this summer. And a lot of people talk about climate change and getting pretty vocal about it. But also, there have been quite a few climate-related disasters that happened lately. And there might be more to come, or probably are going to be more to come. I'm pretty confident about that, which is unfortunate. Because it's absolutely insane what's going on around the world right now. Yep. And speaking of things that, uh, yeah, speaking, we're going to talk about Pakistan first. Uh, have you heard? Have you heard any news coming from Pakistan, Noah? Um. Well, I guess they have a lot more territory with water on it. <laughs> Yes. Uh, so uh, Pakistan, one of the largest countries in the world, one of the uh, one of the few nuclear powers there are in the world, a major geopolitical player, uh, they are suffering 
historically bad floods. Like one third of the country is estimated to be underwater, according to ESA uh, satellites, uh, European Space Agency uh, satellites. There is uh, over 1.1K confirmed dead. 33 million people have been affected and at least $10 billion of damage has happened. We are seeing one of the largest uh, climate crises ever happening right before our eyes. And I think it's a shame that there hasn't been more focus and attention to this. Uh, one of my friends pointed out that there hasn't been uh, as much awareness of what's happening in Pakistan as, say, uh, Ukraine. And I think it's time we bring to light. It's the climate change is real. Global warming is real. And we are very much living through the effects of our actions. And we're going to talk later about how uh, parts of the U.S. are affected. But this is the consequence. A third of Pakistan. Uh, Pakistan is not a small country. We're not talking about uh, what's a country that's going to be affected. The Maldives who's going to be completely wiped out in a couple of years. Pakistan is a fairly large, is a very large country. Um, and they're flooding a nuclear power, a nuclear country, a, a country that has the power to harness essentially efficient nuclear fission is unable to deal with, with uh, massive floods. And the, and these historic floods are happening more and more often. Pakistan is just the largest. It, 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 well, we're talking about floods somewhere. We also need to consider the fact that we have issues with droughts all over the world in other places. Yeah. Uh, but I'm just saying, like, uh, yeah, droughts, droughts are, are major issues. There are droughts that are happening in India that are affecting crops. There are droughts in parts of Africa and Middle East. Um, but I think, like, just the visceral destruction the image are very the images we're seeing in Pakistan are very striking, and um, it's an unimaginable humanitarian crisis, and they're going to keep getting worse. And in and just just to be clear, this is not just affecting Pakistan. This is not just affecting China, India. We talked about Europe having massive fires a couple of weeks ago. Um, we talked about uh, the Pacific Southwest in the United States suffering from massive droughts. And if we don't have the infrastructure or ability to deal with it or limit the effects of climate change, we're going to have more situations like in Saxon, Mississippi, where the residents have lost access to running water. <sighs> <sighs> yeah. Um, but yeah, so just so like uh, I, I took Jackson, Mississippi and Pakistan in the same thing, just because their country, well, <laughs> Mississippi's a state uh, that are relatively on the poor end of things, including, yeah, Mississippi is one of the poorer states in the United States. And they have both mass suffered massive floods in Pakistan's case, I think it's the Euphrates River. I can be wrong. But in uh, Mississippi's case, it's the uh, Pearl, Pearl River. In um, in Pakistan's case, it's not a deal of infrastructure. It's just the overwhelming amount of water that uh, compounded on just basically lack of 
lack of like uh, effective ways of dealing with it because these are issues these are thousand year floods they're not supposed to be happening um every 10 years or every five years etc versus in max mississippi we see a constant underinvestment in infrastructure that was easily overwhelmed in a city that con- that historically has a lot of water problems and in this situation 150,000 people have lost access to running w- water um Services have been restored, but for two weeks they had no running water, and their water is under boil notice for the foreseeable future, meaning to use that water that's coming from the tap, residents are advised to boil it for safe consumption or use. Like, what the Mm -hmm. hell? Water is such an interesting thing because so much of what we have in terms of infrastructure is all designed to deal with water. I don't know. I, don't, I, just, I just felt like saying that. I mean, water is important. It makes up, what, 70% of the human body is water? Three quarters of the world is water? Like... Technically, water is a human right, right? Uh, not according to Nestle. I'm not sure, <laughs> actually. But, yeah, water is, water is vital. It is a... When we're looking for the signs of life or if a plant is habitable, the first thing we look for before oxygen is water. Well, mm-hmm. So it is a vital component of so many parts of our lives. Most of our food is water. Um, so I don't know. It is just, this is a sad. This is the richest country in the world in a state where and and this state, Mississippi, their capital hasn't doesn't have access to running water. Actually, the only person who seems to have access to their tap water is the Republican governor who decided to call a water truck and then blame Mississippi, blame the, the city of of Jackson for not being able to build the infrastructure, even though they refused to use federal money in Jackson. Federal money that was given to them, by the way. But yeah, instead, Mississippi underinvest in Jackson and invest in richer uh less diverse communities and then they blame Jackson, which they concentrated uh, poverty, which they which the state has constantly hampered on the city and refused to invest in their largest city. This is the dumbest thing about like uh you can say politics or race or whatever, is that you take the most dominant like the largest part of your city, what it, the largest part of your state, hundred fifty thousand residents, which is a large city for for in the South. It's the capital city of, of Mississippi. But because a certain type of people live there, you refuse to help them. That's a sad. Mm-hmm. People are always, I don't know, in the U.S., it's, they like to say it's a free and equal country, but the truth is... Oh, it's, it's a free and equal country. very much not yet. When uh, Lindsey Graham, a senator of South Carolina, and tries to introduce a, a national abortion ban. <laughs> States' rights, huh? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, we're a country that refuses to believe in science. We, the science tells you that these floods and extreme droughts are going to happen. The extremes are going to happen at more different places. But these are the same people who say climate change doesn't exist. They're like, oh, it's getting hotter than it's been in a couple years. I wonder why. M- m- must must be we're getting 
50,000 miles closer to the sun or something. Or Marjorie Taylor Greene that says that solar panels are are uh, absorbing heat or something. Or, oh no, solar panels will cause us to lose sunlight. Um, that last one was not a joke. That one was... And windmills will uh, slow down the wind, which is going to make things heat up, which is going to make what the, the old people in retirement homes... Die. Too hot. I forgot what it's it was. Like or that. some weird. Or that that senator who's like uh, who went outside. It was snowing in DC. Who went outside? Like here's snow. How can climate? How can global warming be a thing if there's snow outside? Like those same people. Those fucking idiots. Did at least have a snowball fight with it. <laughs> not in, not <laughs> in the capital. I was about to say not in New York. They canceled snow days. Uh, you know what? That's actually a weird discussion I want to have. Snow days. We don't have to talk about it now, but I, I kind of want to just say something about it. Okay. <laughs> uh, we'll take a break from talking about the impending climate disaster that we're facing to talk about today. Okay, okay, yeah. So, you know what I realize is a problem now with COVID caused, like, the whole remote work thing and whatever? And now schools are saying, if there's too much snow to go to school, we're just going to have classes online instead. And I understand why. It, it, it's really convenient not to have to worry about falling behind on classes and stuff. But you know what? I feel like snow days are such a magical and important experience as a kid to be like, you know. Yeah. It, it was a- It's like a, a free day off, a free vacation. And I, I think it's, it's evil to get rid of that whimsical feeling of a snow day from every future child's childhood. And that's why I believe that we need to make snow days still a thing. Yes. Snow days were always awesome. Remember when we would like oh we would be like betting on snow days, like come on, there's gonna be a snow day and waiting for that announcement. Um, since we went to a private school, it wasn't on the news, so we always have to refresh the website. <laughs> it was just like, Hey, do we have a snow day? Do we have a snow day? And then I remember, like, waking up, like, you know, you're an hour before class starts. You're just, like, refreshing from and like, please, 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 I don't want to go. And then, like, last minute, finally, 15 minutes before, I don't know, it's, like, a half hour before it starts. It's finally, like, okay, you guys get to know today. It's, like, yeah. Yeah, and. Big celebration. It's just, like, you get to go outside, make a snowman, throw snowballs at people. Like, it, it was great. And also, because, like, our, our, our exactly. families were just there, so just, like. It's, it's and also crazy. having my dad instead barge into my room and saying, no class, so guess what? You're shoveling the snow. <laughs> I'm like, okay, dad. Shoveling the snow can be fun. That's, I mean, so, like, I've lived in apartments or dorms that I don't have to shovel snow for a while. But, like, in last year when I was uh, stuck with COVID at my grandparents' house and I was so- shoveling snow, it felt nice to do because I haven't done it in forever. Uh, I, I don't mind it too much. Um I mean, I feel like it's a good workout. I, I am a pretty active guy, and I sometimes like just having busy work, which is why, you know, okay, the lay there I had to do for work this last week was excessive, but I like having some physical labor to do. Yeah. Like, it, it feels a bit challenging. It feels good when you manage it. You know, it, it, you feel like you're doing something. You feel like, yeah, I'm working. I don't know. <laughs> but, yeah, no, it's a, it's a generally nice feeling. But we're not gonna get we're gonna get as not gonna get as many snow days anymore beyond co zoom or whatever because if the planet's warming less snow or more snow in specific areas 
because the world is weird and I don't want to un- explain how climate works to people. Um, but we're going to see more extreme uh, weather events and they're going to be bad and they're affecting everyone. Uh, not this year. Last year, New York City had, had so much water, so much flooding. It messed up the train system all at, at like every other week and during the summer. Uh, so far this summer, it's only really messed up twice. This morning was a fun commute. But like these problems are going to affect big and small, whether that's causing famines in Africa or in India, uh, causing historic floods in Pakistan, creating a water crisis in South Africa and Mississippi, uh, the melting of the polar ice caps and glaciers in Greenland and and uh, North Pole uh, to fire seasons in California, Australia, and France. Like, everyone's going to get affected. No one will be spared. And we can either, and unless we're all suddenly getting water trucks and hiding behind 15-foot fences and pretending that this is no not our problem, we have to do something collectively. Okay. Anything else to add, Noah? Nope. I think we covered um, enough of the depressing news around the world in terms of uh, things that are kind of out of our control. And even if we try to fix it, I think we've gone already too far for most of what, to to what I want to say, uh, avoid most of the issues that are coming for us. Well, we can stop them from being worse. So instead of being, instead of being catastrophic, they can just be bad. Yeah. All right, we'll take a break and we'll talk about the tech segment six specs out this week in tech news we have we're, we're just gonna do apple because they sell they're the world's most valuable company they sell lots of products and i have apple everything so we're gonna do a quick recap of, of this event and see what products are cool what products are meh and if anything happened um First off, the most popular uh, singular phone in the world, the iPhone 14 and its big brother, the iPhone 14 Plus. Uh, TLDR, they, they, they come in bigger sizes. Uh, they have the A15 chip, which was what the iPhone 13 Pro used last year. Uh, they have crash detection. Oh, all Apple products have crash detection. They really wanted to show you that if you're in a car crash, they got you. Is a little bit creepy and morbid. I just feel like Apple is starting to co- like run out of ideas of shit to implement. What these phones kind of just do also, everything. Also, I already. think that they have some of the lowest like predicted sales or anything among like on the iPhone so far. Uh, uh yeah, because everyone's gonna go for the pros. Uh, but like, so yeah, the camera has a slight improvement. You can now communicate with satellites in an emergency situation, um, which is kind of cool, but like you're never going to use like this, this is what I'm saying. Some of these products, like you're saying Apple doesn't know what else to do. It's like wh- what uh, like on your laptop, what new feature do you want? <laughs> like, it kind of just does everything. And the most you can get out of it are better battery and better performance, which is what they're doing. Uh but yeah, that's about what's new in the iPhone 14 and iPhone 14 Plus. The iPhone 14 Pro is a little bit more interesting, and the iPhone 14 Pro Max. 
uh, they have a new chip, the A16 chip, which promises, you know, faster speeds, etc. Blah blah blah. Uh, they have. They also have the satellite connectivity. They have a 48 megapixel camera now, which is the first time the iPhone has changed the uh, megapixel calendar camera in like 10 years. Honestly, I think the 5S was the last one, or 5 or 6 were the last one to add megapixels to the camera. Uh, they got rid of the notch. Instead, they have what's called a dynamic island, which is... That's because they couldn't get rid of the notch, but they try to make it now seem more... How do I want to put it? Part of well, it. Well, they, 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 they built features out of it. So instead of just having a random black bar that does nothing... Now you have an adaptive uh, black bar that does something. <laughs> and yeah, that's true. Honestly, it kind of looks cool. And they're bigger sizes. I'm I, I'm supposed to update phones anyways because my batteries suck. So maybe we'll get a, a very late review on how this phone works. Um, but I think it's a solid upgrade. Again... Uh, the only innovation I see is folding phones, and I'm not there yet. I, I also don't want to spend two thousand dollars on a on a phone, so that's that's all I got. Uh, other updates that Apple introduced was the AirPods Pro, which take their best in class transparency mode and make it better. Uh, transparency just means that Apple uh, lets you hear conversations and stuff while you're still wearing your headphones, but like. They only pump in useful noise, not annoying noise, and that's good. And while you're still listening to your content, it's best in class, and it got better. They also improved the battery life, so instead of four hours of listening per charge uh, per headphone, it's now six hours, which is actually a pretty big deal if you like wear them all day. Uh, I don't have AirPods, but I have Powerbeats, and it's the same concept. And uh, the charging case now has a uh, now has speakers on it, so if you lose it, you can use Find My iPhone to ring it. Again, solid update. Um, yeah. Uh, the uh, Apple Watch. Uh, this was an Apple Watch event mostly. Um, the Apple Watch SE. It's better than the. Uh, they got rid of the S3. They made it better than. They made it a really good Apple Watch. It doesn't have the bl blood oxygen stuff and the ECG stuff, uh, but it's a solid upgrade, at, and it's also relatively cheap. Uh, the S8 is has a temperature sensor and has fast charging, and that's about it. Mm. <laughs> but it's also the same price uh, as it was uh, as the S7 had replaced. Oh. Now the int, you know. Okay. I just. Oh no! I feel like while there's so much they're trying to show, very little of it seems to me as impressive in a technology standpoint. Well, it's. I think it. It's more like there are limits of engineering, and in this case, I think the battery is the biggest limiting factor. Because all these features. That's true. Take yeah. a, a, a required battery. Which is actually what I the most exciting product uh, that they announced was the Apple Watch Ultra, which a is like a lot bigger, 
than uh, than the other case than the other Apple Watches. Um, like forty nine millimeter casing versus like the forty five that the other ones max out on. It has double the battery life, so mm-hmm. from eighteen to thirty six. It has dual frequency GPS. So uh, I think it has L1 GPS and L6, I believe. So um, for people who are who are extreme like outdoorsies, outdoorsy people, oh L5 frequencies, uh, outdoorsy people, it allows them with better like um, more accurate uh, estimations of distance, pace, and where they are. Like it's extremely advanced. Most devices just use L1 because we don't need to do more than that. Um, they, it has a it can handle degrees of like negative twenty degrees Celsius to fifty five degrees Celsius. You can go uh, diving with it under uh, what was it a hundred meters, and it has a uh, it's essentially trying to be like a scuba computer, which is kind of cool if you're into that. It has a better compass. It has it has a lot of features for like what I would call more extreme athletes. So like. So people like yeah, me, yeah, they're closer to you, or at least back when I used to be a much more active. Because uh, even for running, they're like they're they're like we know how much for, uh, was it like this the runtime, step time, or something like that. Like uh, they have a lot of features for runners, which if I used them, I would say that would be kind of cool. But it's trying to be a, a so Garmin is its main the main competitor in the space, right? They have a uh... well, Garmin is a lead in like specific sports and outdoor use watches, and they're not designed to be smart watches. No, although some of them are kind of like smart yeah. watches, um, they're not designed to be as integrated as like an Android watch would be for Android or an Apple watch would be for iOS. Yeah, um, but but that fitness but thing. in terms of it being a standalone sports device, it is very much like one of the leading brands among along um what is the band that like nike did i'm trying to remember i think they they had quite a bit of success nike nike uses the apple watch like uh stuff uh but they do yeah uh but but are you thinking of like fitbit fitbit yeah that is one of the examples of like fitness sports specific device yeah now, the thing about Garmin is that they're very well known for uh, their GPS tech, which is one of the, like, among the best out um, in the industry. Yeah, but I think, uh, I think like, Apple's trying to compete with them. And especially because Garmin has a, what Garmin tries to do is have a bunch of watches that do specific things. Apple's trying to have one watch do everything. Uh, but I think it's kind of cool if you're into that stuff like a lot of the features for me are very uh, new features for all the devices have been very nice like the car crash ones are cool but i hope to never be in a car crash and i saw way too many car crashes Mm -hmm. on on the apple (laughs) keynote uh yeah they had to show you one with every device to tell you that it records a car crash um a lot of things for outdoorsy, like the satellite communication. That's kind of cool. But I have no intention of being away from a cell net tower anytime soon. Uh, eSIM, I don't really care. I've been using eSIMs for the past couple of years. 
it's like a lot of the small updates, but I think like small updates. And if you're in those situations, those extreme situations, good for you. Um, but they seem very niche. But if you're into that shit, like go for it. And also Apple, kept, uh, on their first ad for the Apple Watches, they kept showing letters that people wrote Tim Cook saying how the Apple Watch saved their lives. And I'm just like, that's good. But that's a weird way to advertise your product. Yep. But I don't know. I feel like suddenly they had a focus on, let's try to make life safer for people. But I don't even know if it actually makes it safer for you. It's just like, well, now it knows when bad things happen. Yeah, there are, so some of the situations they were explaining were very specific. So like um, either like a fall. So if you're if you're you're in a car, you fall, you crash. Whatever. Actually, right now, if you're on a bike, you crashed. It'll tell you. It it asks you. It's like, are you okay or whatever. So like you could call nine one one or emergency like that, and those are useful things. Uh, they said that your AFib, like the one that measures heart, like found someone got it getting a stroke and like helped them out. Like, not to I just like they probably would have died without the Apple Watch. It's just a very weird thing to basically say, like, wear a device because it'll save you in a life um, in a life altering event or something like that. It just seems weird. <laughs> but yeah, I guess the Apple Watch thing, I was expecting more for the Apple Watch. But when I guess no other company can compete, this is like there's there's less incentive to do much. What you get. Well, mm-hmm. what I need is... Also, just the Apple Watch has been so successful with very little effort. Yeah. What I really need is Panasonic, uh, one of the largest makers of batteries, to come up with a revolutionary, groundbreaking uh, battery technology that lets us have the same amount of power, in, and like lets us have like double or triple the amount of power in the same size battery cells. That's all I want. Incredible, incredibly. Have you ever batteries. heard of? Wait, 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 wait. If you're talking about an advance in battery technology, have you ever heard of Professor John B. Goodenough? And uh, no, that sounds like a made-up name. I believe that this man, uh, Professor Goodenough, who I think is like actually a hundred years old, he's still alive. He is basically the lead expert in battery technology in the world and he has some i think he already has successfully created solid state batteries Ooh, that would be cool uh i thought you were but the problem is that it's in the world of academia but this this guy is real look him up just like look up professor good enough you'll see um this is like a guy who has uh, at least a Nobel laureate in um, chemistry, but I believe he is the one who uh, I believe it's batteries. I, I want to remember. I think he was the one who was mainly uh, who was mainly credited for being able to actually um, for the creation of lithium battery technology. Really, that's dope. Yeah, and also he's done like a bunch of other things. I think for like computer memory and stuff like that, but. This guy, absolute genius. And also, I just f- found out he's 100 years old. Yeah. What? Yeah, he's 100 okay. years old. I, I'm on his yeah. Wikipedia right now. That's really cool. 
I thought you were going to talk about graphene batteries, and I'm like, uh, uh, I've been hearing about that for nine years now. No, no, no. And I've heard a rumor that he actually has developed solid-state batteries, but it's currently under, like, academic research stuff. So probably not going to see it until finally the school decides to put a patent out for it or whatever, but you know how it works. But yeah. Anyways, I've, the, the biggest limitations of our modern technology right now is number one, batteries, number two, physics. Uh, batteries are also limited by physics. Well, honestly, okay, no, batteries I count as chemistry. And chemistry, I, I, yeah. I count as chemistry. We haven't found a perfect battery chemistry yet. But what I'm saying, like for physics, I meant like we can't shrink uh, uh, transistors anymore <laughs> because the basic yeah. laws of oh, physics. Oh no, it's all nanotech and chemical tech and material science at this point. But there's so much to be done. Um, but also at the same time, I could say so much of what we could be doing with technology is held back by math. Do you know the only reason we got to uh, go into the world of 5G, I think, um, and develop this technology was thanks to finally a breakthrough in, um, oh, I forgot it was, but it, I forgot, a breakthrough in the form of compression and data transfer we can use that now allows us to actually have the ability to stream and move around so much data, especially the way we consume data nowadays. Um, math has actually allowed for a revolution to happen in the way data is transferred and our ability to transfer higher amounts of data in a reliable manner to like people with their mobile phones and so on. So there's so much to it. It's not physics and chemistry. It's also a lot of math and uh, everything that is science-y. Yeah. Anyways, listeners... It's about to hit midnight for us. So thank you guys for listening. I hope you guys learned a ton from us and have a bunch of questions. And we uh, feel free to hit us up on social media. We have a new social media intern, so they'll be a lot more active. Uh, we'll have that special episode out, out about the queen coming soon. And thank you guys for listening. Please like, subscribe, uh, tell your friends about the show, leave five-star reviews. Love you guys. Y'all have a good one. <laughs>